Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss welcome to zone time everybody i'm julian sam is here avery's here omar is here another week another opportunity for us to discuss the best the nhl has to offer in terms of storylines uh, we mm. will touch on on travis dermott uh, define the pride tape ban. Uh, we'll talk about Rasmus Anderson and that hit on Patrick Laine. But first, we have to talk about a team that uh, we talked about them a bit last week about their concerning start. Hasn't really gotten all that better. Uh, Avery, we got to talk about the Oilers, man. What's mm. up with the Edmonton Oilers? What's up with Connor McDavid? As of now, we don't know uh, how hurt he might be. Uh, he didn't play a lot of uh, the ending of that Winnipeg Jets game over the weekend. But the Oilers still do not look like the well-oiled machine that we all thought that they would be. Avery, you cover the team. You're around the team. Uh, can you tell us what the vibes are like right now? Uh, the vibes are garbage. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. I think, I think that that's up. it. That's it. Can we move on? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> what more can you say about that? This team... They're sitting already nine points back of Vegas when they were projected to be the division winners. So that's a great sign. They're one, three, and one. They can't get a save right now from either Campbell or Skinner. Defensively, they are a mess. This is as a collective right now is not a good hockey team. Losing games to Philly, losing to Winnipeg. In the locker room, you're seeing Dry getting mad at questions already. I mean, were you there for that? Can you tell us about that? Tell us I about, about dry side or getting annoyed. Uh, yeah, well, well, long story short, dry didn't really appreciate a question in regards to what he might. It was asked, did you say anything to Stuart Skinner on that goal in which Skinner played the puck way too far from his net? Skinner turned to the reporter in the room and, and dry, sorry, dry turned to the reporter and Leon dry Like when you ask Leon dry a question he doesn't like, he's not a guy who'll beat around the bush. He'll directly tell you, he didn't like that. He's very blunt with questions he doesn't like. So, first of all, he processed it. And then he glares. Like, just this glare of, of that was a dumb question. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, boy, here we go. Pissy volume two. I'm thinking it's going to be a viral rant. Sorry. And back and forth coming. <laughs> but you see Drysdale glare and decide to go with, like what we what we want me to say? Like what do you want me to say? Like I can just see dry saddle. You knew he was holding back more, but he just decided to go with what am I gonna say? It was a mistake. We all make it. And he was done with it. 
I mean, he's not wrong of that stretch, yeah. but like at the same time, I did not expect a potential pissy volume two, like five <laughs> games into the Oilers season. Yeah, we're five games in. The 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 interesting thing is, and like like you know, just just to uh, peel back the curtain a little bit. So like mm-hmm. Julian will like well we'll create create the rundown um for what we're gonna talk about. So like when I saw this topic coming up, you know, I wanted to like you know to look at some of the numbers and it's something that I saw that I I, I had to go back over it like a couple of times because I thought I was just misreading it. The Oilers haven't scored a goal in the third period yet. They have not. Like in that for me that 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 like because that two things are happening. Either one. You're not scoring to like you know maybe like you know uh, slip the dagger for, further or like you know make the game unreachable for the opposition. And two, if you're down a goal or two, you're not giving yourself an opportunity to get back in the game. So uh, of all the things that's happening, like yeah, you know the goaltender and goaltending is iffy, and you know considering the team that I cheer for, it's a little rich talking about the goaltending. But like that was <laughs> that was a stat that kind of like raised my eyebrows, and the fact that like you know usually when it comes to scoring in Edmonton, like it's just easy. Like it's easy as breathing, especially when you have McDavid and dry but like to have them on the team and then not have them able to score these goals in these pivotal, in these pivotal moments is just interesting. And yeah, we're, we're five games in, but like Avery, you know, Avery saying that, that the locker room, you know, tent, you know, the locker room environment is kind of tense. And it's like, I don't know. I, I think we're at the point where it, it's, it's not too early anymore to start having these conversations and, and wondering like, is something wrong? Or is it, you know, is it still, you know, I don't know, soon enough to kind of fix things up a little bit? You know who's having the most fun in that locker room right now? Evander Cade. Evander Cade is having all the fun. Uh, so much so that uh, he's got, uh, I don't think he has, he has like one assist throughout five assist, games. Yes. Literally had that snarky comment uh, on Hockey Night in Canada at, during that Winnipeg game. Like, yeah, I got myself into a fight so I could sell the bench for seven to eight minutes. I, <laughs> it's not fun for the Edmonton Oilers right now. Sam, I want to get you in on this too. Uh, look, everyone's throwing smoke at the Edmonton Oilers. You got, you got, you got, you got to speak your piece too. I got to give you that time. I don't want to jinx where the Canucks are at. <laughs> I'm grateful to the Edmonton Oilers for two of the Canucks' three wins so far. Yeah, and Edmonton only has one. Yeah, one. The Canucks have double the amount of points that the Oilers have, and I realize we're like six games in. But like, if you told me that three weeks ago, I would have been like, absolutely not. Yeah, and And Brock Besser's outscoring Connor McDavid. Brock Besser having a great start, dude. I told you. (laughs) What we should talk about this week is if we're gonna say like, is Austin Matthews gonna score sixty-five goals this year? They're currently tied. Yeah. Brock Besser and Austin Matthews have the same number of goals so far. That's true. That's, That's true. very true. Anyway, but like, so okay, because <laughs> okay, the injury thing has come up, and like, I don't yeah. know, like, like if I'm like Jay Woodcroft, I'm obviously I'm trying to like downplay it a little bit, but like, mm-hmm. do we think it's serious? And if it is serious, are they in trouble? That's like that's the question that I that I have, right? Like it's always been like, oh, the McDavid and Drysaddle show, but like if it ends up just having to be Drysaddle, granted he did it before. I think there was that stretch where like there was a stretch a couple seasons ago where like McDavid wasn't in the lineup and like Drysaddle snapped after you know I was on a big like you know Drysaddle's a winger. I'm I'm not saying that anymore. (laughs) Um, so I guess I'm just interested to know like if if McDavid does go down with injury, like can they withstand it? Interesting. 
look, if, you, if you're not going to play with the best player in the world, you are always going to be at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the fact that they have the start that they have is already not a good look for them. <laughs> look, I'll, I'll, they better fix this, okay? Like, it's like it's it's a it's only a handful of games, and I know you can't judge a team off five or six games to start a year. But for a team like the Oilers, where it's cup or bust, they better fix whatever problem is is ailing them. If they feel that zone coverage on defense isn't working for them, switch to man. If you have to do that, if there's something in the in in the the lines that are just just isn't working in their offensive strategy, you better fix that. You only have so much time. It's just it's just something with this team compared to so many other franchises where the margin of error seems to be so much thinner. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it's only five games, right? Like, there is time for them to fix it. It's just, I, I think I'd much rather see the Edmonton Oilers fix this situation sooner rather than later. And we'll see what it is with, with Connor McDavid's injury. But, I mean, maybe it might not be that long, but I'm not sure. They got to fix this. The McDavid question is an interesting one for me, right? Because I think that... We talk a lot about how good the Oilers are supposed to be and how like they should be a contender. But at the same time, I don't remember the last time a, con- a contending team has had this many questions around their overall roster, right? Like that's how much of I maybe, maybe the Leafs in terms of depth and roster construction, like that mm. blue line, like now you've got goaltending questions when we thought Skinner was going to be the answer to that. Like there's, for a team that's supposed to be a contender, there are a lot of questions that come up if you take Connor McDavid out of the equation in a way that I think really there shouldn't be. Like you should be able, I I appreciate he's the best player, but if you're a contender, you should be able to take those players out and your team keeps rolling. Like I'm thinking of the abs two years ago when they, they lost Landis Cog, then they lost Rantanen, then they lost McKinnon. Like you could take those guys out and they kept going. Mm-hmm. Even those Pittsburgh years when Crosby would go out and then Malcolm would just say, "Okay, well, it's my team now," and then yeah. just like Malcolm played like the best player in the world without yeah. Crosby. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and I yeah. think Drysaddle has yeah. done that, but it's more mm-hmm. like the rest of the team. Like, what's what is happening here? Mm-hmm. It's the problem with the world is that we saw we saw last year the play elevation of Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, but it's a good question. We we have not seen we have not yet seen the Oilers playing an extended period of time without McDavid or without Dreisaitl. They've yet to have, say, a 2025 game run without either guy. And if either guy is gone for that long, we don't know yet, can everybody else step up? Can, who can who can ride that one eight, that one B guy with the Dreisaitl if McDavid is gone for longer than we than we we might think? We don't know yet. But it's a concern because we've yet to see that Oilers team play well. I know in I know in like 2018, 2019 McDavid missed, I think it was three games. We had either a cold or a flu. And the team looked mm-hmm. awful. They didn't know what they're doing. They, they, they looked like they were an AHL team with McDavid just for three games. So McDavid, if he, if he is gone for longer than that, that would be very concerning. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think when it comes to like the new additions, like one player that I legitimately thought was going to have like a career year was Connor Brown. Yeah. And you go and you go on the stat line on, on him, it's zeros everywhere. And... I don't know. Maybe, maybe if there is a McDavid injury, perhaps that that hurts the the chances of that. I guess resparking. But like he was a player when it, when it comes down to like secondary scoring scoring on Edmonton, I I looked at him and I was like, that could be a great addition for the team. And he's not, you know, he's not having the best start. Maybe he gets the opportunity now or gets more of an opportunity, maybe with more minutes. But someone on that roster, you know, whose name isn't 
you know, Dreisaitl or Nugent Hopkins or or Zach Hyman needs to step up and start and kind of start to you know produce more goals. Again, I get it. It's rich coming from a person who cheers for the Leafs. But I'm also having that same questions of because I'm watching them. I'm like, huh, are we ever going to win a game where Matthews doesn't have a hat trick? Because it was getting to that point, right? <laughs> um, but just someone on that roster in Edmonton just need needs needs to get to that. And you no, know, Sam, it's an interesting point you brought you brought up earlier. It's like you know have. Because the whole summer, it was like Edmonton, like their mission is they're going to win the cup. It's cup or bust. This is the goal. And then earlier on, there, there, there's so many like interesting little like, ah, that needs to be fixed. Or, ah, this needs to be fixed. Goaltending, defense, zone coverage, secondary scoring. And I don't know, maybe maybe this is a moment where we see Ken Holland make a deal like earlier than expected. Because like, can you bank on the fact of just waiting and hoping that is going to change? Or because then you end, you might end up like Calgary last year. No offense, Julian. Where like you're you're there, and you're and None you're taken. kind of you're, you're you're finding your way to kind of like move up. But then at that point, you're you're hoping other teams do poorly. And if Edmonton's in that position where, you know, where you know maybe it's like March or April, they're like five points out of a playoff spot, and then it goes back to this to to, to where we are now. I know that that can definitely be a tough a tough pill to swallow, especially. Who are you moving? That's my question. So yeah. if you're Ken, if you're Ken Holland and you've decided to hit the panic button five games into the year and you're looking at your roster, who are you moving? Are you moving Vander Kane? Because Vander Kane has not been doing all that well for you. Are you like who else on that roster are you trying to move so you can put yourself in a position to to get better? And how many other teams right now have that salary cap space to accommodate some big contracts? Like that's a I think that's a really big question in in all of this. I I I, I hesitate to 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 pit the panic button for any team at five games, but definitely my right hand is hovering over it for the Edmonton Oilers. They should not look this bad to start a season. I think that's unacceptable for them. Let's move on to another story that ended up blowing up this weekend. Uh, we've talked about the pride tape debacle and the ban that's been placed on teams. I'm not surprised that we've seen people at least speak about defying it. We now have a player who has actually done it in an NHL game, and his name is Travis Dermott. I thought it would have happened during the Arizona Coyotes Pride Night on October 27th, but he decides to do it in a game against Anaheim on Saturday. You see the little bit of Pride tape on his stick. It's not even that big of like a stretch of tape, it's, but it's noticeable enough that everyone noticed. And yeah, this is this is probably going to be the beginning of so many protests against this stupid, stupid stupid ban good and i'm not surprised uh, good yeah i'm not surprised the mm-hmm. nhl basically screwed themselves with this mm-hmm. basically saying like hey if they if they're if they are going to find a player for going against the rules like, what does that mean you're you're, you're homophobic you, you you don't you don't mess with the lgbtq community like they painted themselves into a corner with this and good the nhl should realize the error of its ways i still think they're going to eventually reverse this but travis dermott is the first to start this off, and I know there's going to be more. Yeah, what like Alan, Alan Walsh like tweeted this morning. He's like, hearing many more NHL players are planning to challenge Gary Bettman's pride tape ban in the coming days. The first was last night being Travis Dermott. The symbolism of pride tape is everyone is welcome. So yeah, he's definitely not going to be the last. And again, I'm I'm glad I'm glad it happened because the uh, the NHL has put themselves in a position to admit that either one they were wrong. Or two, they were stupid. Either way, it doesn't look good for them. So again, I, I, I just, I, I'm just interested to see how, how they choose to handle it. 
um, and you know what path they want to go down. If they find him, I would love to see how they try to spin it in any way that doesn't sound like one of the most negative and deplorable things ever. So balls in their court. Before I let uh, everyone else talk, uh, there was a tweet from Greg Wasinski saying that uh, the Coyotes have not been informed of any NHL punishment to Travis Dermott or the team for using his pride tape on his stick. And he says he was told earlier by the NHL not to anticipate anything from hockey operations. Obviously that could change depending on when, when you get this podcast, but that'd be kind of interesting if it's mm-hmm. out there that the Coyotes were told not to anticipate anything. And then they like change their mind to start the week. That'd well, be really interesting. I <laughs> mean, here's the thing. Yeah. This was entirely predictable. Yes. From the start. Yep. Like yes. generally when you implement any kind of workplace policy, any kind of policy, you like you would expect the person doing the implementation of the policy to think through what is the point? What happens if someone breaches it? How is this going to play out? Right? Like you always have to think about how is this going to play out, especially when your stated objective is we are implementing these bans because we want to reduce the distraction off ice. We want to shut down the conversation around around Pride Nights. Um, and so we're going to do it by implementing this ban. And if that's your stated objective and you're implementing a policy, I would expect you to think, does this policy achieve those objectives? Like, how is this going to play out? What is every single possible way implementing this policy will play out? And it was very obvious from the start that your option, like, A, you hope that no one's ever just going to break the policy. You assume that no one's going to just do it, which is like a pretty arrogant assumption. Yep. And and even if you think that's going to happen, you still have to give yourself contingencies for if somebody decides I'm going to go ahead and just use pride tape anyway, what are you going to do then? Because your options then are A, you discipline them. Like you find them, you suspend them, whatever, for using pride tape, in which case I I don't think your stated objective of sh- shutting down the conversation and like removing that topic is going to work. Like that's going to, that looks a thousand times worse. Like John Merrill came out and said, the league will look really bad. He said, what are they going to do? Find mm-hmm. me. The league will look terrible. Like John Merrill said that last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so- Okay, that's option one. You're going to put yourself in a position to look terrible. Or somebody breaks the policy and you're like, what they apparently are going to do, which is there's no penalty. And then you look like a clown. Because what you've done is you've implemented a policy that has absolutely no teeth. There's no purpose to it. If you're not going to implement your policy and follow it, it is a useless policy. It is a waste of everyone's time. And all you've done is shown everyone that what you were doing is pandering to the homophobes. So congratulations, you look like a clown. This policy is going to get removed. Yeah. This policy is going to get removed. Essentially, Sam, first off, great, 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 great take on this. And all because of that, it's going to get removed. There's no way the NHL would willingly let this go on and and potentially have more players protest against it and then risk the opportunity of being in mainstream media for the wrong reasons could you again, imagine if again, again, again could again. you imagine more Dude, players pop, stepping up yeah go ahead. crave was yes. tweeting about the ban mm-hmm. like do you want the league if you are the league you do not want your game 
your league to be in spaces like Popgrave. For those who don't know the, the big Twitter account that tweets a lot about pop culture news, you don't want them in spaces like that where people only know them as like this ass backwards, intolerant league. You don't want that stuff. You don't want people only knowing about the league because it's just it's just this archaic way of playing. Like it's you can't have that. I still think whenever whenever that happens, maybe before the end of the calendar year, I'm just going off of my own opinion on this. Mm-hmm. This is going to get removed. There's too much bad press that could come from this. And and once that Pride Night happens on October 27th and every other Pride Night after that, as long as people keep protesting at some point, the NHL is going to have to step in and do something. There's there's no way they keep this rule. There's no we get, way. Do we get to a point where they were we even continue to, to pedal backwards, like not even just for like the, the Pride tape aspect of it, but even like the jerseys? Because again, like to Sam's point, they said you can't do this. A player did it, no repercussions. The memo went out earlier, earlier in the year about what play, you know, teams can't put their players in positions to yada yada, whatever, right? So could a team then just see this? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And say, you know what? We're going to have specialty jerseys anyway because there wasn't any repercussions here. I, I just wonder. I just wonder if this, if this, you know, if this continues, or if it's just going to be an isolated, isolated incident. Um, if it is, then then cool. Because again, it was a stupid rule to begin with. But I just wonder, like, how far, how far we can go um, when it comes to this. It's a good question. I guess. Um. I'd be surprised if they had to pedal all the way back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that would just make the make the league look even worse than it already does. Again, and, again, and then I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know if we end up reverting to back where it was last year, where you still have players who still try to push back against wearing those jerseys, which started all of this in the first place. Mm-hmm. I can envision a scenario where the league says, "Okay, we'll bring the pride tape back." And they kind of stay there. That's at least how I see it. I'm not sure if yeah. anyone else has a different opinion. I mean, on that's that. effectively where they're at, right? Even yeah, if they don't much. officially rescind the policy, if they don't penalize Travis Dermott for doing this, it is effectively rescinded, right? Like a policy yeah. where you don't do anything about it, it might as well not be there. Yep. And I, the mm-hmm. other thing I want to say is I think travis dermott deserves all the props for this like travis dermott is not he has no job security he's uh, dan robson from the athletic tweeted this he's on a one-year two-way contract with the coyotes Mm -hmm. he is not a player who has any leverage he has consistently i think since he was on the leafs spoken out about his allyship he has always used pride tape on his sticks aside from pride nights he uses it regularly Mm -hmm. he speaks up regularly 
And I think he deserves a lot of credit for it because I know like Connor McDavid spoke out about it, said he was disappointed. He didn't do anything about it. Like saying I'm disappointed and I wish they didn't do it doesn't really do anything. It's like, oh, I, I, it's like, it's like a very superficial level of support. You're Connor McDavid. Like he could have, he could have come out with pride tape on his stick from day one. Any other top line player making $12 million could have done that from day one. Mm -hmm. And none of them did it, but Travis Dermott did it. And he deserves like, everyone should go out and buy themselves a Travis Dermott Kachina Jersey. Absolutely. Yeah. That's well said. There were a lot of guys, not just Connor McDavid, who might have expressed disappointment, but ultimately when asked if they would defy the ban, they would say like, you know what? I'm not going to try to get myself in trouble. There were players on the onset who who did say that. Yes, there were other people like a John Merrill uh, who said like, you know, like, what are they going to do? But we let's not forget that there were players in the immediate aftermath of, of this announcement coming out that said, we are not going to push back. I wonder if Travis Dermott's what Travis Dermott did, if that changes some of their minds. I, I, I want to be optimistic and say that it will. I mean, hopefully it will. Like, how, how cool would it be if you see, say, tomorrow night, every skater that has pride tape? What's he going to do? Find 30 guys? You're all fine. You're all yeah, like, like, yeah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we all know how dumb this rule is. And I'm sure this won't be the last we get to talk about it. Well, mm-hmm. sucks to be sucks to do that, NHL. Anyway, let's get to the final topic we got for zone time today. Uh, Rasmus Anderson with a very, very dangerous hit over the weekend on Patrick Line near the end of a Flames uh, Columbus Blue Jackets game. Omar is sipping his tea right now. This is a feel like he, I know he's got thoughts on this. Anyway, yeah. uh, Rasmus suspended for four games for that hit. Uh, the team. Uh, the Flames have said that they plan on appealing uh, that decision. Uh, but uh, four games, pretty harsh. I believe the last player to get such a harsh suspension, Evgeny Malkin, during the 2021-2022 season. It's kind of wild. No one last year got a suspension that was like four games long, which yeah. still kind of boggles my mind. But I, I would love to know your opinions on 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 that hit. I have I have my thoughts on on the hit and the the justice that was delivered from the department of player safety uh i would love to know uh who wants to tackle this first i'll say omar first what did you think of the hit what did you think of the suspension yeah i mean when you look at the hit like no julian you described it as like a hit at the end of the game like we have to be very specific at when when we're talking about at the end of the game this was a 5.4 seconds left in the third game was was over the game was over like Line, uh, I, I want to say was going for the empty net goal. Like the game was, yes, he was. was done. So there's that. Um, and then the, 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 <laughs> Calgary appealing it. I, I get why they want to do it because you know you you want your players in to play in the games and stuff, right? Um, and the interesting thing is is um if you watch the video of NHL player safety breaking it down, um they said they say that Anderson's camp argues that one of the reasons why the hit was so bad was because uh, line A was, was lower in frame, I guess, you know, kind of like crouched down. So that's yes. why uh, Anderson uh, uh, clipped him in the head. Um, and <laughs> and I laughed so hard at that because even if that was the case, you fully see Anderson jump into the hit. 
Like he is airborne, elbow, head, everything. So I really don't know what the what the Flames are going to try to appeal. Like if, if their aspect is like, well, all of these hits last year were, you know, didn't get it and didn't get that that much, that much length. So why is this the wisest four games? And you know what? And to that point, I would say fair. And this is where NHL player safety has gotten themselves in, in trouble. And, and we've talked about this all the time on all the time on zone time for like every I want to say every single season this comes up is that the player safety has now put themselves in a position where there's no standard. So, so things like this can happen. This is one of the first suspensions in a long time where I was like, yeah, 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 fair. Absolutely fair. I, I was like, I, I didn't complain. I wasn't like, how'd they get this wrong again? I was like, yeah, four games. That's completely fair. But considering the, the, the mountains of evidence of them not doing that, not getting the call right, the Flames have a leg to stand on. So I personally, I think they got the call right, but I don't blame the Flames for trying to appeal it considering what we've seen seasons and seasons in the past of like outrageous plays only getting like a fine or only getting like one game. So it completely makes sense to me. That's fair, actually. That's a good point, bringing up the fact that their inconsistency with judging other hits plays into why the Flames could have a case. But when I saw that hit, I thought it looked really bad. You clearly see Rasmus Anderson leave his feet to make that hit. And it, it ends up being elbowing. And plus, there's like a charging element to it, too. Mm-hmm. And it results in Patrick Line being hit in the head. And he gets injured. But we don't know at this point how long Patrick Line could be out for. As far as I'm concerned, four games fits it for me. I thought it was going to be less considering what has happened with those types yeah, of hits before. I but, like, considering all the elements I just laid out for you there, we've all seen this hit. If he gets less than – if he gets fewer than four games, that's a problem. That's a massive problem. And and I I don't know if I've ever said this, but I think player safety got this right. They got it right. And, and look, I can understand for the Flames, they, there's that perspective of trying to appeal it because they feel it's a bit too harsh. I also think there's a small part of me that if you're the Flames and you look at that Heritage Classic game against Edmonton, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want my number one defenseman missing that game. I completely understand that. But I also think that player safety got this right. And for the for Rasmus to make a hit like that at such a – like near the end of this game, you really don't need to do that. There's one thing to, to try to prevent a guy from making a play, but I think the way that he went about that was just not the right move. Now the Flames find themselves in a position pending appeal, which doesn't always work all that well. They're going to be without their number one defenseman for at least four games. And this is already a team that's still trying to figure itself out offensively and defensively. This is not an ideal move. This is not an ideal situation for Rasmus Anderson to be in. And yeah, the punishment fits for me. Four games is enough. And I I know the team thinks it's harsh, but I, I, I don't know if I'll ever say this again about player safety. They got this right. And I hope for their sake that, if they want to establish a standard, they use that hit as a standard going forward. They, mm-hmm. they, they've they kind of muddied the waters for the last little while. This could be an opportunity for them to set some kind of standard and build upon it. Maybe you didn't get it right the first couple of times. Get it right from now and then keep going with it. Was there anyone, anything else anyone wanted to add on that? Yeah, no, I agree. A hit like that. Um, in the head, in the head like that, charging, elbowing. And again, we talk about the standard. Like, again, the four games, yeah. That is certainly fine, but I don't want to see him like that again, only get one or two. Like, again, it's Wheel of Justice. Like, you're in NHL offices. 
with the blindfold. All right. What number are we going to hit? What number? Tell me know. Let me know what's going to be. Six, five. Here's the dart. Like, stop. <laughs> Enough. Like, make a standard and say, okay, this is four. Do it again. Now this is six. This is eight. We can't go back to that hit is now four. Okay, now next hit is now one. It makes no sense. Come up with numbers that show you do it again it increases by two four five six eight ten games stop with these random numbers again stop please it's it's, it's ridiculous i gotta find it but someone posted on twitter this like punishment generator uh <laughs> with like george paros like if you it's like use it uses like html code but if like it'll ask you questions like oh is this player is this uh was this player on the Leafs? Was this in the playoffs? Huh. And like if you write yes or no, you'll get like a generated answer for it. But that's basically what it is. It's still random. Uh, but hopefully uh that uh we'll see how it plays out with Rasmus Anderson and that appeal. I still don't hold out a lot of positive hope for that on their side, but may- maybe player safety starts to get more of these things right. Maybe they do. No, they won't. No, we yeah. won't. I'm I not gonna say I think that's I, I agree with everyone that was the right call. Um, I agree. I, I understand why the Flames are appealing it on the basis of precedent. But, like, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what true. I feel like that decision was. Yeah, it's funny. Like, it's... I'm watching. I, 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 was, I would love to know what they say in the appeal. Because, again, so I'm, I've been re-watching and going through it. Anderson is looking at Line A the entire – like, even if even if the, the argument is like, oh, well, you know – I you know that even though the game was over, I did I didn't want him to get to get the empty net goal. I'm like man, you're, he's looking at him the entire time. If you wanted to stop stop the attempt of the empty net goal, you could have had his stick out to maybe like try to like block block the shot or just disrupt it just to send it wide. Like no, mm-hmm. he was going for it. So like, I wonder if like you could even argue like I like I like you know right off the top of my head, I don't remember if they mentioned like an intent to injure like in the video, but like you can argue. That he knew what he was doing and he knew what he was going for. So again, like I, I would be, <laughs> it would be very old or or the NHL players say we're used to it if they reduce the number of games. But yeah, I, I, I hope that that this is a new standard because you know it would be very nice if the players knew consistently what they could and couldn't do. That'd be great. I don't know if I don't know if people have been noticing it like in the games that you're watching you know, with you know Calgary and Vancouver up in Edmonton but like something that I've noticed in Leafs games is there are a lot more penalties a lot more penalties and yeah, at first I was frustrated right. and then I was like wait but no they called the pen they called it that penalty but that penalty was also called in the second period hmm okay so I don't know maybe we're just maybe there's um a push from the league to just get more consistent when it comes to these things you know, again, I don't know. It's easier. It's easier for me to, to say with these games because again, I'm noticing it and I haven't been upset yeah. by it because it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's frustrating. We're getting that call, but like, you also gave us a power play because of that in the first. Look, I get it. Or like, even like the like the final like 30 seconds of a game, a penalty gets called. I'm like, okay, well, that's a penalty. I get it. Um, so I like this that's... was noticeable when mm-hmm. um the Canucks played the Oilers in the second game. Mm-hmm. I thought they, I thought the refs made a number of terrible calls, but they were consistently terrible Mm -hmm. like it didn't feel like they were leaning to one side or they were making things up but it was just like i was like okay yeah if you're you know what if you're gonna call it that way that's that's fine i don't i don't agree with it but at least it's consistent Mm -hmm. i don't go to hockey games to watch the refs sorry (laughs) (laughs) that's julian's way of saying stop it 
like okay all right i get it like we need to get like calls right but i don't want to get to a point where every five minutes the flow of games is disrupted because of penalties i've seen enough Mm -hmm. of that watching flames games and i get a lot of that is on their own volition with how indisciplined they've been but Mm -hmm. you know i would much rather see the guys just play and when the refs have to get that stuff right just get that stuff right all right we already have video replay at any possible moment, thanks to that stupid offside review rule. Matt Duchesne. I, I will never look Matt Duchesne, Ruined fantastic Matt player. But ban like, offsides. Man. <laughs> ban offsides. Ban off, yeah. Ban offsides. It's a dumb rule. I don't know if we have enough time left in the show to go in on ban offsides. <laughs> I don't know if we do. You know what? Maybe you should do maybe we should do like an episode where we just yeah. talk about like rules we want to like get rid of. Or just yes. want to change. Oh. I feel like we've kind of done that maybe once I think before, we've done but that like before. I think, but we should yeah. make it a little bit and more. It's radical time to revisit time. it. Yeah, we should yeah. revisit it now. Yeah, I saw. I forgot when this, like, why the conversation came up. Oh, it was because of the NHL draft thing. How they're thinking of like decentralizing the draft. Yes, and the conversation came up of like, well, we should just remove the draft, and players should just pick where to go. And I'm like, that's. Fa- Imagine if that was Im- implemented in NHL. Who would be the most depleted team? Lease would be stacked. Habs would be stacked. Bruins would be stacked. Winnipeg would Winnipeg would be the most depleted because because imagine imagine being like this top ranked player out of college and you have an opportunity. I mean, I know that kind of happens already, but like imagine that and and Winnipeg throws all this money at you, but you're like, "Eh, I want to play in L.A. Eh, I want to play Arizona. Eh, I want to play somewhere else. Do you want to play in Winnipeg? And look, that they're not the only market that could get singled out in that. Like I I don't know. Like, but Darby in Vancouver probably. Woody. Oh, I think so. I don't want to talk about it. Would that would that front oh. office being be on a gong show? I think I, that's true too. You got to think about that's true too. Right? That's true. Tyler too. Mott was his favorite player. Come on, that's that's still wild to me. That, that I was like, huh, okay. Matthew Coronado's favorite player growing up was Nick Letty. It's not that wild. <laughs> it's not that's that awesome. wild. There, it's, we're we're gonna come across a, and I hope you maybe you guys are all feeling it now. We're gonna get to a point where all these younger players are gonna come up and they're gonna mention all these random players that they were fans of that we were all just like watching when we were a little bit younger, just be like, Oh yeah, they're just a guy. Or maybe yeah. we like them too. But like Tyler Mott being someone's favorite NHL player growing up, like that's like I'm not a Vancouver fan, but like that's that blows my mind a little bit. So I was like, I really appreciated Tyler Myers game. Consistent. <laughs> dude i have not seen vancouver this united and hating a player in so long like he has been (laughs) so bad through the first five games even people who dude he has been so bad he almost took out elias petterson twice yeah he did he did he played 13 minutes the other night one of those times he took out Elias Patterson, it led to a goal against. Yes. He's been absolutely brutal. I mean, sure advanced stats I mean, reflect a little better on him, though. I'm, I'm sure yo, someone put that's, that. That's another to- zone time topic. Because you know I what? feel there's a shift coming. Yeah. Or maybe the shift already. Started, and I, I'm part of it. Advanced stats, it's cool information, but I'm getting to a point now where I don't care. You know why? John Klingberg. I don't care. <laughs> I don't I don't care. You know I don't, can I throw no, one more grenade to... in here? Yeah, go ahead. I need to know because we haven't talked about this. Mm, yes. Mm. How do you each in I need an answer from each of you? Okay. Okay, fine. 
is Quinn Hughes the 60th best player in the NHL behind Seth Jones? Who said that? Yo, that's blasphemy. Yes, who said that? Top 100 players. They okay. had Quinn Hughes. They didn't write. Okay. They didn't write. Right. They, they didn't put, put in the they, 100. They, they, yeah, they, they forgot about Malkin. That that list has no credibility. Yeah, that list uh, has. I just want to say behind Seth Jones. No yeah. shade to my ESPN friends, whether that be yeah. Greg Wyshynski, whether that be yeah. Kristen Shilton, whether that yeah. be friend of the show Ryan S. Clark. Kevin Weeks, like like no no shade. Shout out Weeks, but Shout out Weeksy, no no shade. That, to any of those no that, shade, that list, shade. That you should list be ashamed if you put Quinn Hughes at sixty. You should be ashamed. No, Quinn Hughes should. Uh, Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes in my very early awards ballot is my leader for the Norris Trophy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he's he's they they shouldn't be in the same sentence. No, like that is it, it, that's not that's not right. That's right. not clearly. Right. Clearly, we have a lot of good ideas uh, for future for future uh, zone time episodes, and we're gonna be we're gonna be around, and mm. uh, we're gonna come up with those ideas. And we're gonna put them out to, on episodes, man. Uh, thank you so much for uh, yeah, of course. Thank you so much for uh, watching our show uh, or listening to our show. However, you consume our show, uh, subscribe to all of our twitters. Or I still call it Twitter. I don't. I will never call it X. It's it's, it's called name. Twitter. It's called Twitter yeah, until it's, it's not. Name. Uh, subscribe to Zone Time on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, and uh, check out the content on YouTube as well. Omar, what what Omar? Did you see something funny? Was this Sam just wrote that? What, what was he on pace for? One hundred and forty six points. Pay him. Pay him. Pay him now. He's not in a rush. He's not in a rush to sign. Omar, I don't. I don't care if he's on the rush. Don't you remember the Canucks told? Elliot Friedman, they don't know if they're committed to Elias Pettersson. Yo, <laughs> what a funny Yo. franchise! Yeah, they 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 can't they can't do this. Pay him. Oh, they have to. Yeah, they, they will pay him. All right, guys, we'll, we'll be back next week with uh, more zone time. Peace. <laughs>